Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast, and I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. You know, friends, I don't know about you, but for me, there's some words that bring about a certain flare of judgment and a sting when I hear them. Now, I'm not sure if it's the fact that these words are not common worldly words, and perhaps they have a biblical appeal that causes some trepidation within me. Nonetheless, I tend to cringe upon their use. Sin is one of these words, and we all know we don't willingly want to do it. But what exactly is it? Well, the Vines Expository Dictionary defines sin as simply missing the mark. It's the most comprehensive term for deviation from sound thinking. It's an act of disobedience to God. Well, now that we know what it is, let's look at an Old Testament man who had his fair share of sin and he still triumphed in life. And allow me to introduce you to a shepherd boy, a loyal friend, a giant killer, a king, a musician, a poet, a soldier, and the list goes on and on. So who is this man that I'm referring to? It is none other than David. And if you know much about David, it's been said that he had a heart after God. As a matter of fact, we learn in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, that God replaced Saul as king with David, a man after my own heart, God said, for he will do everything I want him to do. So why would God say this? After all, the Bible makes no effort to hide David's failures, yet David's remembered and respected for his successes. So first, what were David's failures exactly? Well, in the raw, no excuses given, he was a man whom betrayed others. He was a liar, an adulterer, and a murderer. And yes, he's what we would call a sinner. So what distinction may be noted for David being a man after God's own heart? It was in the quiet moments that David's failures were illuminated. He alone took and held full responsibility for his actions and simultaneously accepted the consequences. More than any human being upon earth, our Heavenly Father knows our temptations, recognizing that we live in a fallen world. Now, David had some wins too. His good qualities outshined the bad. David was a faithful shepherd, a poet, as evidenced by the Psalms, which is our wisdom literature. He killed Goliath and was known as a giant killer. He was an ancestor of Jesus, and the Old Testament heralds him as one of the greatest. More than David's failures or successes, 
was his belief in God. He knew that he served a faithful and forgiving God. David had a zeal for this servitude. When David made his confession unto God asking for forgiveness, he did so with a contrite spirit and truly genuine repentance. So David didn't take for granted God's favor and mercy upon his life. Now, he did recognize that God corrects those that he loves, and David was no different. You and me, we're the same as David. We have a loving father who course corrects his children. Many of us remember our earthly fathers course correcting us too when needed. And by coming clean before God and asking for his forgiveness with pure hearts, we'll receive it. God's word promises this. And then we too can be assured we'll have to face the consequences that God deems necessary for us. And this is not because God's mean and wants to see us suffer. No, he's building our character and he's strengthening our resolve. He doesn't like evil to trip up his children. We live in a reversed order when we're not willing to accept the consequences for our actions, therefore not even asking for God's forgiveness or mercy. His desire as a loving father is always full restoration for his children. But naturally, man weighs and positions consequences against their own life experiences before ever even asking for forgiveness, and this can cause a lot of heartache. And David had another big distinct distinction from us. While he sinned greatly, he learned quickly and didn't continue to commit the same sins again and again and again. He fully recognized the gravity of the suffering that fell upon him when he did sin. So you see, David was obedient to God. We too need to recognize the powerful arm of correction is not merely for our benefit. It keeps our crooked paths straight for future generations of our lineage to travel. So now let's look at David's strengths, what were his weaknesses, what were opportunities in his life, and what threatened him. When we first look at strengths, we can see that Israel's greatest king was David. And God gave his approval to David because of his great faith. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 11 mentions this. Uh, David was an ancestor of Jesus. Our lineage doesn't get much better than that. A man described by God himself as a man after his own heart. So those are strengths. Now, what were some of David's weaknesses? Well, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he arranged the murder of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. He directly disobeyed God in taking a census of the people. And later, he would not deal decisively with the sins of his very own children. So he's got opportunities as well. It took David one full year to become willing to honestly admit his mistakes before God, asking for that forgiveness and being willing to accept those consequences. So although forgiveness didn't take away the consequences of sin, he still made the effort to ask with a sincere, contrite heart. And our number one job upon earth is to learn to glorify and worship God. That's always an area of opportunity that we all share in.
Now, threats would be when Nathan, the prophet, would tell David he was not allowed to build God's temple, something that he wanted to do very badly. But the threat was this. Would David be obedient, realizing that God had something much greater in store for him? The answer is yes. While David requested to build God's temple, that was a good thing. But God said no. Now, God wasn't rejecting David for the former sins in his life. God was planning to do something even greater in David's life than allowing him the prestige of building a temple. So God promised to continue the house of David forever. And then Jesus Christ became a direct descendant of David. So let me ask you this question. Like David... Maybe you've prayed with good intentions only to have God say no. And this is God's way of directing you and me to greater purposes in our life. But is that something that we're going to accept? Because accepting God's no's takes great faith and an equal measure to carry out the yeses that he gives us. So we do see that David fully trusted God. And in return, God fully trusted David. So now we're going to look at Psalm 25, which was written by David. It's a prayer for defense, guidance, and pardon. And as we trust in God, he grants these same requests for us. 72 of the Psalms are the poetry and, and literally their songs, or almost half of the books speak about enemies. And enemies are those who oppose not only us, but also God's way of living. We can view temptations, money, success, prestige, lust as enemies. Enemies are not always flesh and blood. Oftentimes they're what I just mentioned here or spiritual or principalities. And our greatest enemy overall is Satan. And David asked God to keep his enemies from overcoming him because they opposed what God stood for. And if his enemies succeeded... David feared that many would think that living for God was futile. And David did not question his own faith ever. He knew that God would triumph over all. But he didn't want his enemy's success to be an obstacle to the faith of others. So now David expressed his desire for guidance. And how did he do that? And how do we receive God's guidance? Well, the first step is is to want to be guided and to realize that God's primary guidance system is his word. It's our Bible. And we even have a, a Psalm 119 that tells of the endless knowledge found in God's word. And when we read it constantly, we learn from it and we gain wisdom so that we're able to be perceptive to God's direction for our lives. Even though we might be tempted to demand answers from God, but David asked for direction, not answers. When we're willing to seek God, learn from his word and obey his commands, then we receive his specific guidance. And that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. We're bombarded today with relentless appeals to go in various directions. We have television advertising, which places hundreds of options before us, in addition to appeals made by political parties, cults, false religions, and dozens of other groups. 
Numerous organizations, including Christian organizations, seek to motivate us to support a cause. When you add to that dozens of decisions that we have to make concerning our job, our family, our money, society, that's a lot of pressure and we become desperate for someone to show us the right way. Many of us are gullible and very impressionable. And if you find yourself pulled in several directions, remember that God does teach the humble his ways. So then David asked a question in in Psalm 25. He asked, who are those who fear the Lord? And the answer was to fear the Lord is to recognize God's attributes People that fear the Lord recognize that he is holy, he's almighty, he's righteous, he's pure, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he's all-wise. And when we regard God correctly with these attributes, we gain a clearer picture for ourselves and of ourselves even of how sinful and weak and frail and needy we really are. When we recognize who God is and who we are, we'll fall at his feet in humble adoration and respect. Only then will God show us how to choose his way. You see, friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him or follow him. God offers intimate and lasting friendship to those who will show him reverence and hold him in the highest honor that he deserves. So what relationship can compare with having the Lord of all creation for our friend, our personal intimate friend? It's our everlasting friendship with God. And that's going to grow as we do share and show him this reverence. So then when David begins to look at problems, he asks, do life's problems always seem to go from bad to worse? God is the only one who can reverse the downward spiral. He can take our problems and turn them into glorious victories. There's one necessary ingredient or requirement, though. We, like David, must have the humility to cry out, Lord, turn to me and have mercy on me. When we're willing to do that, God turns the worst into something wonderful. And then the next step is our step. And God already has made us his offer. We just need to simply follow through and complete it. So if ever two powerful forces were needed to preserve us along life's way, it's integrity and honesty. And David asked for these to protect him step by step. And it's what we need to do as well. Honesty makes us learn God's requirements and strive to fulfill them. Integrity is being what we say we are. And it keeps us from claiming to be honest while living as if we do not know God. Honesty says this is the shepherd's way. And then integrity says I'll walk consistently in it. Because as the good shepherd who Jesus is, he leads us along the still waters. So friends, now I'd like to pray. I hope that As we look through David's life, we too can experience key takeaways for living a higher caliber life devoted to God, recognizing that we serve a faithful and forgiving God and remembering to never take God for granted. 
So closing out in prayer, as we come to you, Father, in your presence, we come right into your courts with thanksgiving and praise. We ask that you keep our hearts pure and fixed upon you. Keep us humble to seek forgiveness for any and all sin, thereby accepting your consequences graciously. Remind us that you do allow trials within our lives to strengthen our integrity, our character, and allow us to be your joyful creation. In Jesus' holy name, we pray this. Amen. And friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. And now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations. God bless you. And as you go out into the world, remember the priestly blessing from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. Tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. And I'm going to have a special guest, my grandson, coming up on the next Wednesday edition. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present-day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And also, if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please share a copy with them too. Until next time, be blessed, my friends. Amen. Oh,